0: We're listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to go over to the Facebook group for the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, and there you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights about today's readings with those who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. And we are reading from Volume 4, The Introduction, Paragraphs 18-28. to 28. 18. I must acknowledge that by these and other continual favors, the Lord has not so much freed me from fears as confirmed me in them. For I live in continual dread, lest I show myself ungrateful and fail to correspond by displeasing him or losing him, lest I be wanting in the perfect love of him, who is so good in himself unless I should not deserve to retain the fullest possible love toward him, or even that which is not possible. Filled with these anxieties, and on account of my great misery, solicitude, and many faults, I said on one occasion to the Most High, my sweetest love, Lord and Master of my soul, although thou givest me so many assurances to quiet my troubled heart, how can I do away with my fears? amid the dangers of this laborious and dreadful life, full of temptations and persecutions, during which I hold my treasure in a vase more fragile and weak than that of any other creature. With paternal condescension he responded, My cherished spouse, I do not wish thee to lose the just fear of offending me, but it is my will that thou not be disturbed and grieved in a disorderly manner, nor so as to hinder from thee rising to my exalted and perfect love. Thou hast my mother for a teacher and a model, for thy instruction and imitation. I shall assist thee by my grace and support thee with my direction. Tell me, then, what thou askest, or what thou desirest, for thy peace and security. 19. With the greatest resignation that I could muster, I replied, Highest Lord and Father, much is that which thou askest although thy goodness and immense love deserve that I fulfill it all. But I know my weakness and inconstancy, and I shall be satisfied in no other way than by not offending thee, neither by the slightest thought nor by the least movement of my faculties. And I shall rest only when all my actions shall be according to thy pleasure and goodwill. The Lord answered, My continual help and favor shall not fail thee, if thou correspond to them. In order that thou mayest do it, so much the better, I wish to perform a work which is in keeping with the love I have for thee. I will connect my immutable being with thy insignificance by a special providence, chaining and binding thee in such a way that, whatever thou shalt, in the weakness of thy will, do anything less pleasing to me. Thou shalt feel my influence, detaining and recalling thee to me. The effect of this blessing thou shalt know and feel immediately within thyself, just like a slave who is bound by chains in order that she may not fly. 20. To the great joy and advantage of my soul, the Almighty fulfilled his promise, and among many other favors and blessings which may not be mentioned and which do not concern my purpose, none has been so precious to me than this one. I perceive it not only in great dangers but in the smallest and in such a way that if I neglect or carelessly omit any work or ceremony, although it be more than to humiliate myself or to kiss the floor on entering the choir to adore the Lord as is customary in the convent, I at once feel a sweet force which draws me and calls my attention to the defect and which on its part permits not the least imperfection. If sometimes in my weakness I fall into any, this divine force is at once present, causing in me heart-rending pain. This pain serves as a check to the least disorderly inclination, and at the same time as a goad toward seeking immediate remedy for the fault or imperfection committed. As the gifts of the Lord are without regret, Romans 11.29, he has not only bound me with this mysterious chain, but in his divine condescension on a certain day, that of his holy name and circumcision, I perceive that he tripled it, in order to restrain me and bind me still more forcibly, since a triple cord, as the wise man says, is difficult to break. Ecclesiastes 4.12. All this was necessary on account of my weakness, in order that I might not be overcome by the inopportune and astute temptations of the ancient serpent. 21. In the meanwhile, these temptations increased so much that in spite of the blessings and commandments of the Lord mentioned above, in spite of the demands of obedience and of others not to be mentioned here, I nevertheless hesitated to begin the last part of this history, For I felt again the fury of the powers of darkness, which tried to overwhelm me. I understood this, and I will explain it by what St. John says in the twelfth chapter of the Apocalypse, that the great red dragon shot forth from its maw a river of water against that heavenly woman, Apocalypse 12.15, whom he had pursued from heaven, and that, since he could not touch or destroy her, he turned in a great rage against the remnants and the seed of that great lady, against those who are sealed with the testimony of Jesus Christ. Apocalypse 12:17. in his church. During the time of which I am speaking, this ancient serpent strained all his wrath to disquiet me and, as far as he could, forced me to commit some faults, which retarded the purity and perfection of life required of me and necessary for writing what I was commanded. While this interior battle continued, the feast of the holy guardian angel on the 1st of March intervened, Reciting matins in the choir, I suddenly felt a noise and a great disturbance, so that I shrank and humiliated myself to the very dust. Then I saw a great multitude of angels which filled the whole choir, and from their midst proceeded a still greater refulgence or splendor as of a judge, seated upon a tribunal or a judgment seat. I understood at once that it was the archangel St. Michael. Without delay, they intimated to me that they were sent by the Most High with a special power and authority to arraign for me my negligence and for my faults. 22. I desired to prostrate myself on the earth to acknowledge my transgressions and humbly to weep before those celestial judges, but as I was surrounded by the nuns, I dared not make the presence of the angels known by prostrating myself in body. I did what was possibly interiorly bitterly weeping over my sins, In the meantime, I saw the holy angels speaking and conferring with each other, saying, This creature is useless, slow, and not at all fervent in fulfilling the commands of the Most High and of our Queen. She will not come to a full trust in the blessings and the enlightenments which she continually receives at our hands. Let us deprive her of all those blessings, since she does not put them to use, nor earnestly strive to be so pure and perfect as the Lord teaches her to be. Neither does she proceed to write the life of his most blessed mother, as he had commanded her so many times. If she does not mend, it is not just that she should receive so many, and such great favors and instructions in holiness. Hearing these words, I was sadly afflicted at heart, and I wept the more. Full of confusion and grief, I spoke to the holy angels in the bitterness of my soul, and I promised amendment of my faults and obedience unto death to the Lord and to his most holy mother. 23. At my humiliation and my promises, the angelic spirits relaxed somewhat in their severity, and with greater kindness they told me that, if I would diligently fulfill what I had promised, they would assure me of their continual favor and assistance, admit me as their companion and friend, and hold intercourse with me in the same way as they conversed with each other. I thanked them for their kindness and besought them to present my thanks also before the Most High." They disappeared, warning me that, for the favors they would show me, I must imitate them in purity, committing no fault or imperfection willfully, and this they intimated as the condition upon which this promise depended. 24. After these and many other happenings which need not be mentioned, I was left in a state of greater humiliation, as was natural with one who had been so severely reprehended for ingratitude, unworthiness, and insensibility toward so many blessings, Orations and commandments, full of confusion and sorrow, I considered within myself what little excuse or pretext I had for resisting the divine will. In view of all that I had come to know, and in view of its importance to my welfare, I resolved firmly to execute the command or die in the attempt. And I sought for some powerful and tangible means which should rouse and urge me on to combat my want of attention, and which should keep me alert, if possible, against any imperfection in all my operations and movements so that I might always do what is most holy and pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. I betook myself to my confessor and superior and besought him in all the sincerity and submission of my heart to reprehend me severely and force me to be perfect and solicitous in the most exact fulfillment of the divine will and in the execution of what the divine majesty required of me. Although he was most zealous and vigilant as one who took the place of God and one who knew his will, and my prescribed path, yet he could not always come to my assistance or be present on account of my absentations, required by his duties as a religious and as a superior. I resolved, therefore, also to engage one of the nuns to assist me, asking her to reprehend and advise me often, or warn me and stir me up by threats. All these means and others I sought in the most ardent desire of pleasing the Lord, His Most Holy Mother, and my teacher, the holy angels all of whom were of the same mind in regard to my advance in perfection. 25. In the midst of these solicitudes it happened to me one night that my holy guardian angel showed himself to me as being particularly pleased and said, The most I wishes to condescend to thy desires, and has appointed me to serve thee as a guide, to spur thee on. I shall be thy faithful friend and companion, in order to advise thee and rouse thy attention, and thou shalt find me present just as now. Whenever thou shalt turn thy eyes toward me in the desire of pleasing, and faithfully serving thy Lord and spouse, I will teach thee how to praise him continually, and how to alternate with me in canticles. I will manifest to thee new mysteries and treasures of his greatness. I will give thee deeper understandings of his immutable being and divine perfections. And whenever thou art engaged in outward works of obedience or charity, or when through some negligence thou turnest to earthly and exterior things, I shall call thee to fly to the Lord, and for this purpose I shall use some words of admonition, which often shall be these, who is like unto God, that dwells on high, and in the hearts of the humble. At other times I shall call to thy mind the blessings thou hast received from God, and thy duty to his love. At still others I shall remind thee to look upon him, and raise up to him thy heart. But to all these warnings thou must be punctual, attentive, And obedient. 26. The Most High also desires me not to conceal to thee any longer a favor, which until now thou hast overlooked among the many conferred upon thee by his most liberal bounty. And for this thou must now begin to thank him. It is this that I am one of the thousand angels who served as a guard to our great queen in this world, and one of those who bear the device of this admirable and holy name. Look upon me, and thou wilt see it upon my breast. I looked, and there recognized the holy name in refulgent splendor, filling my soul with new consolation and jubilee. The holy angel proceeded and said, He has also commended me to call thy attention to the fact that of us thousand angels, very rarely any are appointed as guardian angels of souls, and whatever souls so far have been committed to our care have all been of the number of the saints, and none of them of the reprobate. Take heed, then, O soul, of thy obligation not to interrupt this series; for if in spite of this blessing thou art lost, thy punishment and chastisement shall be of the severest ever inflicted upon the damned, and thou shalt be known as daughters as the most unhappy and ungrateful of all the daughters of Adam, that thou shouldst be favoured by having me as thy guardian, who is one of the guardians of our great queen, most holy Mary, and the mother of the Creator, was ordained by the most high providence. And in view of thy being chosen to write and imitate the life of his Most Blessed Mother, I was appointed to instruct thee, and assist thee, because I was an eyewitness of her divine works and excellences. 27. The office of a guide will be fulfilled principally by the Great Lady herself. But I am to furnish thee with the necessary images, in order to elucidate what the Heavenly mistress shall teach thee. And I am to give thee other understandings ordained by the Most High, For the clearer recording of the mysteries manifested to thee, thou shalt experience all of them, although thou shalt not always know the connection and the sacraments hidden under this providential guidance. Thou shalt also perceive that the Lord himself, making use of this special providence in thy regard, has commissioned me to compel thee, with sweetest urgency, to imitate the purest Mary our Queen, and to follow her and obey her in her doctrine. From now on I shall execute this mandate of the Lord with greater insistence and force. Resolve then to be most faithful and thankful in regard to these blessings, and seek to scale the highest summits of the perfection taught thee and asked of thee. Remember that even if thou reach the perfection of the highest seraphim, thou shalt still be in great debt to God's copious and liberal mercy." The new mode of life which the Lord asks of thee is contained, and is made clear in the instructions given to thee by our great Queen and Lady, and in what thou shalt understand and write in this third part of her life. Listen to her with submissive heart, thank her humbly, execute her doctrine anxiously and carefully, for if thou do this, thou shalt be fortunate and eternally blessed. 28. Other things which the angels told me need not be mentioned for my present purpose. But what is contained in this introduction will manifest partly the providence of the Most High toward me, and it will also make known the high purposes of the divine wisdom in the writing of this history. These are, that not only I, but all who desire may reap the fruits of this blessing, and that each one for himself may use it as an efficacious means of salvation. It will also become evident that Christian perfection cannot be attained without great battles with the demon, or without incessant labor in overcoming and subjecting the passions and evil inclinations of our depraved human nature. Finally, the Heavenly Mother and Instructress, that I might begin to write this third part of her history, in sweetest kindness, said to me, My eternal blessing, and that of my Most Holy Son, come over thee, in order that thou mayest write the rest of my life, and in order that thou mayest labor and strive after the perfection we desire of thee. Amen. This concludes our reading today for day number 276. We've been reading from volume 4, the introduction, paragraphs 18 to 28. In today's reading, we hear about the interaction of Sor Maria with the angels, with her guardian angel, with the archangels. And I always think that it's important for us to recall that we have a guardian angel. That there are these invisible spirits that are helping us and assisting us each and every day of our life. We can cultivate a devotion to the angels by praying the guardian angel prayer, by praying the St. Michael prayer, by simply thinking throughout the day, my angel is beside me. Maybe you even talk to your angel. Some of the saints would send their angel to different places. These angels spoke to Sor Maria. They consoled her. They gave her wisdom. They encouraged her. And our angels can do that too for us. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the Mystical City of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.